welcome to Because That's What Heroes Do. As you know from prior episodes, Megan Doherty, co-founder of One Stone Creative, and I are huge MCU fans. So we've decided to do the MCU movie oeuvre. That's right. We're going to do all of the MCU movies in this special podcast series. Over the series, we will take a look at the storylines, some of the cookies and other cool things. We'll describe the great action scenes from each um, episode, and then we'll take a look at issues raised by each episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. We will take things from the societal angle, from the social justice angle, from the MCU angle, and perhaps even from the compliance angle. But if you're an MCU fan or you're a compliance fan, I know you will enjoy In this episode, we take up Megan's personal favorite in the MCU oeuvre, the original Thor. This podcast is a special production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back again with Megan Doherty with another episode of Because That's What Heroes Do, the MCU. In this special series, we're going to review the entire MCU. Why? Well... Because it's there, and we're both MCU Uber geeks. We have other Uber geeks listening, so if you're interested in being a guest, uh, please let us know. Join in on the fun. We'll review the films as they appear in chronological order in the MCU timeline, not by release date. So today we continue with Thor. Um, so, Megan, um, welcome to this extended series. Uh, and as everyone knows, I'm Tom Fox, the Thank you. founder of the Compliance Podcast Network and Voice of Compliance. And I'm Megan Doherty, co-founder of One Stone Creative, and uh, I'm very excited to talk about Thor. Oh, I am Megan Doherty, the co-founder of One Stone Creative. And uh, yeah, I am very excited to be here today talking about Thor. So uh, this is, I think, your favorite show so I was going to let you maybe start off by uh, uh, telling us why does this movie appeal to you <laughs> really on, on so many different levels. I've heard you talk about it on the action level, the personal level, and psychological level, uh, kind of within the context of the MCU and where you see Thor developing. But I really wanted to make this podcast more your podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so wherever you want to start, we'll go from there. Well, fantastic. I, I'm, I'm super excited to talk about this because I think uh, Thor Ragnarok was, if not my introduction to the MCU, it was, it was maybe the second movie I watched, if not the very first one. And Thor Ragnarok was one of the funniest, most... Ad- Pardon? <laughs> uh, and so uh, uh, it was such a great... Like, it was, it was so funny, so entertaining, so enjoyable... Uh, to watch that movie, that it, that was one of the things that really made me go, okay, I've got to, you know, get in and, and see all the rest of these. And the first time I went back and I watched the original Thor movie, I wasn't super impressed by it. I think this is not one of the most popular movies uh, in the franchise, and possibly that's deserved or possibly not. Um, but Thor as a character is probably my favorite of the Avengers, uh, of the people uh, in the MCU. Um, you mentioned we've talked about this a little bit before. He is referred to in some circles as Thor, defender of lesbians. Uh, and, uh, and if not, you know, globally true in all instances, it tracks pretty frequently for that to be the case. Because he's kind of a lesbian as much as a big 
beefy superhero with superpowers, uh, you know, can be. <laughs> and, um, and part of that, I think, is just what a good kind of deep down bumbling, fumbling, sweet guy he is, even at the beginning of this, his first introductory film, where he's kind of a vainglorious, self-absorbed jerk. He's still a considerate person, especially of the women in his life, which is really great to see in a character. Uh, and, you know, he seems like he seems like that safe guy, even when he's being like the worst version of himself. You can, you'd still feel safe going out for, for dinner and having a beer with him. So I think that's you know, on the character level, one of the reasons I like him the best. So let me uh, take things in a little bit different direction, because in going back and rewatching this, I was struck by almost how different this movie is or was than other entries in the MCU. And I don't mean different like we talked about in terms of The Incredible Hulk, which was made by Sony. I met the director, who is Kenneth Branagh. And Kenneth Branagh is is as well-known a thespian as there is, probably in the English-speaking world. Uh, came out of uh, Shakespeare in the English tradition of the Royal Shakespeare Company. Um, 40 years, I think, in film. And uh, it turns out a lot of the actors who um, played roles in this did so at a specific request of Brana. So his prints are all over this. But I first thought uh, uh, in rewatching it, and most particularly in New Mexico, I felt like I was watching something very different than I typically saw from the MCU. And I have to chalk that up as, as Branna. Uh, I haven't been able to find anything that would say why he was so attracted to this particular film or this particular project. Although, as you said, what's not to love and what's not to love for the Norse myth of Thor. <laughs> and if you got the coolest hammer of all time, I mean, really, what more do you need? But there was so much, <laughs> that I thought uh, was we had lots of action, obviously, particularly in the first half of the movie uh, when Thor Mm -hmm. and Loki battle back and forth. And when Thor is banished uh, to uh, earth by his father played by Anthony Hopkins. Um, And the, um, uh, if there's one tool in, in all of Marvel comics, perhaps uh, none is, better known than Thor's hammer. So um, uh, very iconic. Um, Natalie Portman, I thought was just fabulous uh, in her role. Uh, but it also harks back to another uh, American tradition, which is sort of the 50 sci-fi movies. And mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of those. They generally were topics around mm-hmm. the, uh, something happened because of an atomic bomb, whether it was giant ants or giant mm-hmm. lizards or squid sometimes <laughs> there was always something mm-hmm. uh from the a-bomb obviously in black and white but uh many of them happened in the desert so for me it kind of harked back to that so uh natalie portman mm-hmm. in her role uh, idris iba i know i butchered his last name but he's a fabulous english actor uh and i loved his role in this and he was one of the actors who specifically came on board because brana asked him to uh, he really had no interest or even knowledge about the MC oh. at, at that point. Um, Helmsworth, <laughs> the, uh, the actor uh, who played Thor, turned out to be just an inspired choice. And he, um, what well, turns out, he was originally 
had auditioned for the Hulk role in the prior movie we talked about, did not get it. Um, but really? he, uh, and then he uh, auditioned for this role, was turned down, but he got called back for a second reading. And he said between the first and second reading, he bulked up to the size part of what we see him at now. And um, <laughs> I mean, he is one bulk up dude and he's, you know, very impressive uh, to look at from a physical specimen point of view. But I really liked um, uh, your point about uh, his inner sweetness. And I don't want to say naivete, but he almost had naivete. He's just so sweet and he's so nice. And whenever you see a very big hulking guy with a kind of a petite girl like Natalie Portman, they always tend to treat them with just the utmost kindness because they're afraid if they, you know, they look at them too hard, they're going to break them in half, um, let alone get physical with them. So uh, it reminds me of my sister and her husband just have that exact dynamic and they are so adorable. <laughs> and, and so that, you know, all of that overlays, I think, uh, a really interesting dynamic. I'm sorry we really didn't get to see, I guess we can say too much more of Natalie in the rest of the MCU. But in this one, I thought she was just just great. And I just love the uh, New Mexico scenes uh, mm-hmm. as well. The The mythology part was tough for me to follow the first time. So I was really glad we had a chance to to do this series and and to see it again. Um, but Idris, uh, let me see if I can pull up the role he played. Uh, Idris plays the character uh, in Himdal, and he but he is the sentry from the Asgardian Bifrost Bridge, which is actually the wormhole that takes the Asgardians across the universe and down into Earth. And it's an incredibly cool role. Uh, He does it uh, with panache and um, with this huge sword. So uh, uh, it was a small role, but uh, a very uh, interesting and important role. What did you think of Tim, excuse me, Tom Hiddleston as Loki? That uh, he he was such a good choice uh, for the role. I mean, and and Loki as a character was so interesting. And he really kind of became like the, the big bad, the villain for this phase of the MCU. Um, but even at the beginning, I think he was actually written and played as a lot more nuanced um, than, you know, your typical villain, because it's, it's he's wearing his heart pretty close to his sleeve, even when he's playing all of these long cons, that what he really just wants is is to feel good about himself and be expect, accepted by those who love him, <laughs> you know, or by those he, he loves and admires. Um, so I, I thought he did a great job, and the, the relationship between he and Thor was great. I think one of my favorite moments was when they, they went to Jotunheim, uh, and, and Thor is about to make the smart choice and, you know, back away. Okay, we're not going to actually go to war today. Then someone insults him, and you just, Loki's, damn. Because he knew what was going to happen. He knew who his brother was and how this was going to play out. And I, and I thought he was, it was a really warm delivery of, of the character. Um, you know, he does bad things, um, but he does them for really understandable reasons, <laughs> uh, which is, I think, a great, great mark and a villain. So Loki, uh, obviously, we're going to talk about him extensively as we move forward uh, <laughs> through the MCU. But one of the things that, uh, and we see a lot of actual character development, towards the end of his career in the MCU, um, he, he, he becomes much more of a trickster. And in the mythology, Loki is a trickster 
in uh, Native American mythology, I think on both sides of the border here in North America, he's often the wolf, uh, sometimes the fox. Mm -hmm. So, of course, it uh, resonates with me. But um, uh, in this one, uh, he he shows, I thought, some dark sides from time to time. Mm -hmm. And um, then we turn out later that that may that may not be as dark as we thought, but he is definitely a power uh, to be reckoned with here uh, as well. Um, did you have any cookies that you really liked or struck you, Megan? A couple, yeah. And one is just about Loki, and this is kind of maybe fun mythology fact, we'll call it. So when Odin goes to Jotunheim to rescue his idiot children uh, and their friends, <laughs> he's riding an eight-legged horse, uh, an eight-legged horse named Sleipnir. Um, who is actually um, Loki's child. Loki at one point in the mythology turned into a mare um, and had a dalliance with a very famous stallion uh, producing the eight-legged horse that Odin then rode for the rest of time. So I thought that was kind of fun that they, they popped that right in there. Um, uh, another cookie I really, really enjoyed. Uh, I thought this might have been, uh, this is kind of where I noticed Thor's sweetness when he was trying to rally his friends up and we're okay, we're going to go to Jotunheim. We're going to, we're going to find out what's going on. It's going to be great. Haven't I done this? Am I not this? And he goes, if, you know, and who was it that proved a mere maiden could be the fiercest warder? And she's just like, I did. And he's like, yeah, you know what? You're right. You did. You did. And I supported you and you're great, but, <laughs> but it was you. It was all you. And that was so wonderful. Such a nice moment. Um, and something I, I kind of, maybe it's a, it's a whole movie cookie. Um, if you take the movie at like super, super face value, it's a little corny. It's a little hammy. Um, but I kind of realized watching it again this time, everyone's just playing the straight man. And it's actually hilarious because they slip once in a while. When um, he and Jane are sitting in the cafe and his friends have just kind of come to Earth to, to help them fight the destroyer. And they all come up to the window and they're waving and grinning like puppies. That's hilarious. That's who they really are. So I thought, uh, I think, you know, the, the movie was intentionally played straight a lot of the time. And I think that's why maybe it got a lot more criticism because uh, it, it's, it's really funny when you, when you kind of take it as, you know, everyone, everyone knows exactly what they're doing and why as, as an actor playing a character. So there were three, uh, three cookies I wanted to, to talk about. One is, I'm not sure it, it really is a cookie because it's so direct and part of the ongoing series. And that's uh, agent Phil Colson. And oh. he really plays a straight guy in this one. And perhaps uh, his most straight, although maybe he's more straight in the Avengers, which we'll get to in our next episode. But uh, I thought he played a, a great role and just his deadpan face was perfect in, in this uh, episode or this movie. Second was there was early on a um, name card with the name Donald Blake on it. And mm -hmm. Donald Blake is Thor's human alter ego in the comic books. So that was pretty cool. And then we got our first, I think the first uh, hint at Hawkeye, who was uh, mm -hmm. there to help guard um, Thor's hammer uh, in uh, when it was lost in uh, New Mexico. So some pretty cool uh, stuff um, on in, in, I guess every time, we go back to movies that are now 10 years old. I'm struck by how young everybody is. And, and Chris Helmsworth <laughs> is certainly younger. But um, he, he is so cool in this. And he plays, as you said, uh, just, just I think, with the right amount of panache or the right amount of 
of sweetness, the right amount of humor, the right amount of strength, um, and when need be, uh, kind of godlike power. So uh, I thought he did a great, uh, great job in this. Anything you'd like uh, maybe to uh, uh, mention in closing, Megan? That was a nice little kind of marker and way to end the movie of, okay, no, there's, there's more to come for this person. There's been a lot of like development up to this point, but we're just getting started. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. Hope you will join Megan and I again for our next episode where we take up the Avengers. So until next time, this is Tom Fox. Thanks again for listening. Popcorn and Compliance is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network.